And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Friday. We're going to do things a little bit different today because we're going to start off today's show going straight to the phone lines. We have South LaFouche baseball coach slash freshman football coach, Coach Chandler Guitros on the line. Coach, how we doing, man? Good morning. Hey, Casey and Coach. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good, man. We usually got you at 1145, but we had to move you up a little bit. Turtle bumped you out of your spot, man. How do you feel about that? Man, that's the second time in about a year he does that. We're going to have to have a talk with uh, with management over there. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> Bro, uh, watch the junior varsity and freshman team play against Lutcher on Wednesday. Um, look, man, Lutcher just had athletes all over the field. It was a tough day, but I saw some guys making some plays and doing some good things. Talk about the way that game went. Yeah, I think the biggest disappointment overall was the lack of competitiveness from uh, some of our guys in certain spots, which, uh, you know, Every game you got to approach it the same, whether someone's better than you or taller, faster, stronger than you or whatever. You got to approach the game and compete. They turn the scoreboard, and it's competition, and you can't back down. And I think uh, in certain spots up front, I think that we did a little bit. So that was disappointing to see, and we'll work on correcting it. But uh, no, definitely a couple of bright spots. I thought Carter Cantrell, uh, who's a freshman for us, is definitely going to be a player, man. He's, uh, he's really good. Um, Kentrell Shepard is another uh, freshman uh, running back who had missed a little bit of time, uh, but I think he stood out at that varsity level. And, uh, you know, just talking to the coaches, that's going to have to be a guy that we start dressing out for depth uh, at the varsity level, especially on special teams. We feel like he could help right now. Uh, so uh, that's what it is, man. These JV games, they have to be important. It's a spot to get seen, and uh, some of our guys are definitely getting noticed. Unfortunately, you guys are just um... – trying to piece it together at quarterback obviously you know mac would have been the backup for varsity but you know collarbone injury and then you, you know you got the the recard kid who what i understand has like a joint injury in his shoulder or something like that <clears throat> excuse me so he's out seen a lot of different guys there it was uh colt de cure on wednesday and he actually did okay but man you know this if you don't have a uh, a polished, experienced quarterback, you're, you're limited on offense. The kids are doing the best that they can, but you could tell that it's just some athletes that are trying to get you guys through the season. Yeah, it's very tough. And, you know, right now our emergency quarterback at the varsity level is uh, Terrence Petrie, and he's also a starting receiver, so we're not going to put him down for uh, JV and risk injury or anything like that. Uh, so, like you said, we're trying to piece it together. Jaden Lee was a quarterback for us a year ago. Uh, he's getting some reps. Uh, Cole DeCure uh, came in and got some reps there. He actually has a pretty decent little arm, really good athlete. Um, last week, in order to get our – we ended up tying with South Terrebonne last week, but we actually put Caden Angelette at quarterback, had him pretty much take direct snaps, and we had a, a kind of two running backs back there with Kentrell and Caden uh, uh, carrying the load for us. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's not easy there. You're limited in what you could call, what you could do. Uh, but the kids are doing the best that they can. Big day today. You guys are uh, making the road trip varsity-wise, taking on Lutcher. Should be a big challenge. But Brian and I have been saying all week, man, look, hey, these Tarpons are much better, much improved. Should be a good ball game tonight. Yeah, it should. Uh, look, they're, they're uh, a great team. You know, obviously, they, they want to stay title last year. You don't. That doesn't happen by accident. I don't care what you lose in a year in terms of guys graduating or leaving. That uh, that culture there, that winning culture, that's always going to be a, a fight. And uh, you know they got guys on film that just stand out. They they run all over the place. They uh, they sure tacklers, man. That's one thing at the JV game that stood out to me the most is how well they tackle as a team. You can tell that they're well coached. So uh, definitely got a big challenge ahead of us. Uh, but uh, you know if we perform to our standard, uh, I think that we could definitely give it a run. Where are you guys going next at the JV freshman level? What's the next ball game? 
Uh, we're going to be headed to, the, to Assumption. I know that's uh, everybody's favorite bus trip, is that a <laughs> the trip on a bus to Assumption. Uh, but we'll be taking on Assumption at uh, 5.30 next Wednesday. Okay, sounds like a winner, man. Look, what's the one area that you're hoping to see some growth here in the final couple of games of those young kids? Is there any one spot that, you, that you're hoping to see a little more than, than others? Uh, really, more than anything, you know, we... You know, we practice together. We get we run JV and freshman team together. I, I take the guys along with Coach Gospard and Coach Corey Bro. And, uh, you know, we, we do get a lot of work, and we, we're going to keep the playbook kind of what it is. The big thing that I want to see is more of a competitiveness uh, from our guys. That uh, I don't know I don't know what it was last Wednesday. We had been competing well. That was our first real bad showing. But in all of the play, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever you're coaching or whatever you, you're trying to do. It's got to be a sense of urgency. That scoreboard's turned on. I'm not just here to run a play or, oh, man, what's my assignment? What's my technique? Sometimes it's about just lining up, and that guy's trying to whoop your butt, you're trying to whoop his butt, and let's go compete. So I think that's really what uh, I'd like to see from our guys moving forward the rest of the way. Baseball-wise, you know, I actually every week it's kind of been the same answer, just kind of a quiet time. Guys may be getting some work, maybe some four-by-ones or whatever it may be. Uh, what, what are some of the things you guys are doing baseball-wise right now? Yeah, we're ramping up with our throwing program, and uh, you know, anytime we're doing that, uh, it starts off where it's it's uh, getting guys healthy and making sure that we're doing the right things, making sure we're keeping kids out of the doctor's office whenever we really ramp things up, and really just trying to condition their arms. Uh, but we also are seeing some gains. Coach Buck starting to uh, you know kind of look at the radar gun a little bit with some of our guys, and uh, just uh, seeing growth, measuring that. In about two weeks here, we're going to start hitting in our cages, which our uh, back half of our cages, the framework actually was put back up. So we'll be back to having four cages available, which is going to be huge. I mean, I don't think people realize this. Since Ida, even though those deep playoff runs we we had, we've been working with kind of half of our batting facility and not getting the reps that we really should be. So we're really excited about that. And Coach Shasson is going to be started with our guys about mid-October. And, uh, you know, it's trying to space it out. We don't play a game for about five months now. And uh, you don't want to burn kids out. I know uh, that was a big thing when Coach Kyler was here that we always uh, trying to be careful with, even when they expounded upon how much we could do. We don't want kids getting burned out. We want to keep them fresh. And uh, so we'll be pretty smart with how we handle that going forward. Last question. Uh, LSU going to win tomorrow. Toss-up game at Ole Miss. Five o'clock kickoff. Tigers are two-point favorite. We going to get a win tomorrow or what? Oh, yeah, and I don't care if they're over 70, take the over. Okay, sounds like a winner, bro. But, uh, <laughs> I think LSU wins and covers. All right, well, well, thanks so much for the time. I hope you're right, brother. Have a great weekend, man. We'll see you tonight. All right, yeah, have a good one. As Coach Chandler Guitro is doing a great job. We usually have him at um, 1145, but I misbooked the infamous Taylor Griffin yesterday, so we got to catch up with him. Oh, and- I thought you were saying you misbooked again. <clears throat> no, 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 no. Once, no, no, once. No, no. Yeah, fool me once. Yeah. Um, yeah, I booked uh, Stan and Taylor at the same time yesterday, and we called Stan, and then Taylor's like, well, you had me booked 30 minutes ago. I'm busy now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> and he, look, he, he was not being rude about it. I'm the one who felt like a, a jerk for booking two guys at the same time, not realizing. Um, but anyway, it's Friday, so that means it's game day in southeast Louisiana. We've got South Lafouche. Taking on Lutcher tonight, a game you'll be able to hear at 6.30 right here at Kaylee B, but also across the way on ESPN 100.3. We've got the Terrebonne Tigers taking on Central Lafouche. We've got the battle for Thibodeau, E.D. White and Thibodeau. We've got some great matchups. Ellender and South Terrebonne. Somebody's O's got to go. Somebody's got to get their first win of the season in that one. 
HL Bourgeois, oh, God bless them. They're playing Destrahan tonight. That's going to be a big challenge for them. We've got Homa Christian School in St. John. We've got CCA in Hanson Memorial. Is there anybody I'm missing? Vanderbilt and St. Charles Catholic, a loaded schedule by tomorrow morning when we're doing the sports corner. We're going to have a much better idea of how some of our local teams fared. I absolutely positively cannot wait for the results of tonight, so much so that I'm ready to give you the results of last night. There were a lot of scores around the state of Louisiana last night that we're excited to give you right now. You had Bird beat Benton 61-34. to Oh, yeah, yeah. You had Warren Easton, state championship contender. Ha, psych. They beat John Errett 35-14 last night. Of course, Warren Easton is ineligible for postseason. Wachita Christian beats the Wachita Parish 48-14 last night. Walker defeats Bel Air 51-0 last night. Um, Let's see. We have Booker T. Washington of New Orleans beating Landry 46-12 last night. We had... Um, East Feliciana defeat Livonia 42 to 8. How about this score? Salmon 9, McDonough 35 8. Wow. A walk-off base hit for Salmon gets the victory there over McDonough 35. That actually hurts uh South Terrebonne who played McDonough 35 earlier in the season. We're looking for a PowerPoint. Abbeville 41, West St. Mary's 0, Church Point 42, Mamu 16. Parkview Baptist in the all-female officiated game gets a 56-6 win over Glen Oaks. Big old win for Parkview Baptist. Madison Prep wins 50-0 over Helix Mentorship Academy. Uh, Jules Sumner gets a 52-0 win over Haynes Academy. Um, and then we've had a couple of scores that are going to be of interest to local people. Central Catholic of Morgan City gets a big win last night, beating the, uh, um, let's see, they defeated Generet 21-6. Generet came into that game undefeated on the season. Central Catholic beats them 21-6. And then where are my Tarpon fans at? St. Edmund, cha-ching, plus one. They get a 30-20 win over Oakdale. I don't know that St. Edmund's going to lose another game, y'all. Looking at their schedule, it sets up nicely. They're going to win eight, nine games. That's going to be a really good win for the Tarpons before it's all said and done. And depending on the vote Tuesday, we're going to need every last point. I'll go and vote on Tuesday. I'm in a good mood yet to bring that up. Well, it's news. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Tuesday, we got that going on. But that was our scoreboard from around the state. I missed a few of them, but I got the, the two uh, local ones covered. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're finally going to the Taylor Griffin Show for the next 30 minutes. We'll be chatting with Turtle. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Bonjour, mes amis. This is Brent with HUFF Cutoff. Are you looking for that authentic Cajun cuisine like Grandma used to make? We have it right here at HUFF. We're located at 15741 East Main in Cutoff, Louisiana, the corner of Highway 308 and East 67th Street. Hi, I'm Parker Collins. Hi, I'm Madison Carlay. I'm E-I-A-2-Fay. located at 15741 East Main Street, Cutoff, Louisiana. 
Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in LaRose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Welcome back to Play by Play here on this Friday. We're excited. It's game day. We're fired up, but we're even doubly excited because we've got Mr. Taylor Griffin on the line. We were expecting to have him Thursday, but the host of the show's a dummy and booked two people at the same time and thought that I had Taylor at 12:15 when I actually did not. See that again. <laughs> first things first, Turtle, sorry about that, but second thing second, good morning, buddy. How we doing? Oh man, it's all, <clears throat> all good, all good. Doing just fine over here in Luling, Louisiana today. How about y'all, Doing good, bro. Um, the Tarpons are three and one on the football gridiron. Now they're tra- traveling, taking on Lutcher today. But man, I feel like, and, and I don't know how much, if any, you've seen the boys play. But that's not anything to do with the next question. Is is that I feel like the community's excited again, man? You know, big old homecoming crowd last week, and. You know, we had the Lutcher head football coach on earlier in the week, and he was just talking about how impressed he was with the support. And looked like there's nothing like a fall when the Tarpons are doing well. And I feel like the community's starting to get excited about this group, man. Yep, yep, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. I have not, uh, unfortunately, have not made a game in person yet, but I have been watching the uh, Bayou Sports uh, live feed every week. I'll, I'll tune in and out, and uh, you know, between. Uh, Watching the uh, watching the baby and and watching football, I, I keep my eyes on the screen as much as I can, and I, I've I've seen a few big plays. I've seen some excitement. I've heard some crowd noise. Uh, from what I've seen, man, uh, <clears throat> very impressed with uh, guys like Carson Ogeron and uh, Caden Jarvis, just really doing big things out on the field. Um, uh, Abram, God, I can't remember his last Berg. name right now. I'm, I'm just yes, yes, Abram Berg. He. He's a phenomenal player, uh, and the Nelson guy, uh, the Nelson kid, big old, I say kid, still grown man out there. Uh, he's, man, I've, I've been impressed with uh, a lot of different things I've seen um, over these uh, first four games. And, you know, tonight at Lutcher, I'm sure it's going to be a hell of a dog fight. It's not going to be easy. It never is, no matter what sport you play in. There's just 
something about Lutcher, man. They 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 got a phenomenal program in all sports, and uh, it's it, it's almost like you uh you go into a season hoping you catch them on a down year, because boy, when they have an up year, it's uh you know <clears throat> they're they're a force to be reckoned with. But uh, hopefully the Tarps got a good game plan. Hopefully they're ready to roll, and I'll uh well I won't be making it out there in person, but. I'll be tuning in uh, via live stream and watching as much of it as I can. Pondon, let me ask you this. Um, LSU taking on Ole Miss tomorrow. Um, true 50-50 toss-up game. LSU's a two-point favorite on the road. I don't know what LSU is yet, man. I want to get super excited after they blow out Mississippi State and then their defense shows up Saturday and was was terrible again against Arkansas, giving up big plays. and like I don't know. I feel like the truth is somewhere in the middle. They're probably not as good as they showed against State. They're probably not as bad as they played against Arkansas at times. Uh, but what say you? You think LSU's going to get a win tomorrow out in Oxford? Yeah, yeah, I think they will, man. I think they will. Um, you know, while uh, while Coach Kiffin is a, a special kind of character, and you, you just you never know what sort of wild game plan he's going to bring, what sort of high level of motivation he'll have his guys ready for. Um, I just don't think his team is <clears> – <throat> I think his team is exactly what you're just referring to about a, as LSU. I don't, I don't think they are as bad as they showed, for example, the first three quarters of the two-lane game, but I don't think they're as good as they appear on paper either. I think it'll be a very well, very evenly matched game. I think LSU will – win by a touchdown, maybe 10 points. Uh, I think it'll just be a knockdown, drag-out, hard-nosed game. That's going to be one of those, man, it's a shame somebody had to lose. Uh, I don't see either team dominating either side of the ball. I think it's just going to be a fun one from start to finish. Trading scores, trading big plays, trading takeaways, and uh, I think the Tigers will just have a little bit more to offer and pull away at the end. Uh, speaking of college athletics, uh, you were actually the one who pointed me to this. Uh, Dufresne doing some exciting things, man, becoming a big-time sponsor of Nickel State Athletics. Tell me about that, man. That's a great thing for all parties, isn't it? Yeah, man, that, that's, uh, that was huge, man. That, that, was, that was fun. That entire process was fun from beginning to end. You know, it, it started with uh, Nichols reaching out to us to see about uh, renewing because we have done sponsorships with him, with him in the past, but um, – we uh, the renewal year, the renewal period was coming up, and they reached out and we're like, you know, now's as good a time as ever. Let's uh, let's get back on it with them, and you know, let's we we already have, you know, not to brag, but we're a pretty dominant establishment, especially in Thibodeau. Um, that that's our number one store. Uh, our trucks are everywhere, all over the road. We we have a presence in that area, so we thought, you know, why not? <clears throat> Sponsor the Nichols Athletic Program. Let's get a let's get a presence in the football stadium. Let's get a presence in the baseball field. See about getting a digital presence in Stouffer Gym. And uh, man, it was uh, it was fun. It was you know for, for anyone who hasn't seen the the pictures or the videos or not, man, we we've got uh, we've got signs all over the we've got a uh, the tunnel in. In a John L. Gidry Stadium, going up to our our reserved, that they make it look like a it, it's it's the Dufresne section. That's how we want people to identify it as. It's that's cool. It's one of the main three chairback sections in the stadium. We've got a banner above that section. 
We've got a we've got a digital presence on the video board, which is now thankfully back to 100% after Ida and after everything else, after uh, a, a tough kick at the uh, Manning Passing Academy this summer. The video board is back to normal. We've got We've got a sign in the outfield at Didier Field. We've got a sign on the scoreboard. We've got a sign on the backstop. Uh, our logo will be imprinted on a uh, on different social media game day posts on different Nichols Athletics uh, pages. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a good thing to give back to the local community and the the local area that supports you. And we figured that was a great way to get a lot of eyeballs on our ever-growing brand. No, that's really cool, man. It's super excited to hear that. Um, big news in the NBA the other day, uh, Damian Lillard, who had demanded a trade from Portland, but who said specifically, hey, I want to be traded from Portland, but I want to be traded from Portland to Miami. Well, he doesn't get that wish. Um, the, the Blazers send him to the Milwaukee Bucks. They uh, give up uh, Drew Holiday and uh, the the Blazers also get DeAndre Ayton from the Suns, and then Nurkic goes to the Suns in exchange. And um, I don't know, man. Uh, the, the Bucks are obviously always a contender. You know, Giannis is there, and they're always a contender. But I kind of like what Drew Holiday brings come playoff time. That toughness, you know, that floor general, good defender, and I don't know Lillard. Though he's a much better offensive player, that's never really led to a whole lot of postseason success. I I feel like the Bucks got desperate because they know Giannis is maybe looking towards some large markets and some big cities. I don't know that if I would have done that move if I was Milwaukee. What say you? Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. Uh, as far as Damian Lillard's situation, you know, Milwaukee, Miami, Green Jacket, Gold Jacket, it's all the same. Um, <laughs> Thankfully, but- you didn't finish that expression like the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I was hoping you were on the edge of your seat there, uh, but but no, uh, man, there's no question. Anyone with half a basketball brain could see, even the casual fan. Damian Lillard, I think you go one on one with with Holiday, and he wins nine times out of ten. He's just a more talented player. But uh, I don't know, Drew Holiday, like you said, he's got. He's got a special it factor that's just I don't I don't think Lillard has it. I don't think you know, I don't think Lillard can bring that same leadership that uh that Holiday does. I don't think he'll bring that that playoff dog in him that Holiday has. I, I just I don't really like the move I think it's a nice special superstar attraction to keep you honest, but as you said, uh just to echo that, you I think you hit it right in the head. I think it was a desperate move by Milwaukee so they don't lose Giannis. Uh Lillard is nothing more than the shiny new toy. He's he's an attraction. He's he's a ticket seller. No doubt. He puts butts in seats. He lives on the highlight reel, but I don't think he's in the end game going to be the difference to get them to the next level. I, I just, I don't, I don't see it as any more than a desperate attraction move. I, I just wonder how excited he's going to be to be in Milwaukee. I mean, dude, there's a big difference. Like his desire was Miami. That's parties. That's strip clubs. That's you know, hanging out on the beach. Milwaukee is everything that's not that. So I just don't know how spirited of an effort they're going to get from him um, because, man, that you could not have sent him to a polar opposite from the place that he wanted to go. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, if anything, I, mean, I, I didn't, I don't know, fill me in here. I, I don't know how many years, if a deal has, what, how long he's expected to be there for. Maybe he sees it as an opportunity to grow, and ho- hopefully, hopefully he doesn't let the wrong destination, you know, ruin his game, ruin his desire to play. And, uh, you know, however many years he stays in Milwaukee, he could show that he really still has incredible value and makes the best of the situation. And, uh, you know, when it's time for him to look for his next step and look for a place to retire, then, you know, he'll, he'll earn that right to go to Miami. He'll, he'll earn that spot. But um, as wishful thinking as that sounds, I think we can laugh at the ridiculousness of expecting an NBA superstar to, you know, just be humble and, you know, do the right thing. So who knows? Everything I said is probably totally wrong. Dude, I didn't realize this until a couple days ago whenever I saw it in social media. And this is a guy that I know that you're going to know. Maybe a lot of our listeners won't know. But you remember old Jeremy Smith that played basketball at Nichols State University? He was really, really good. And, dude, like, he has parlayed that into, like, almost a decades-long professional career where he's, like, been highly successful. I didn't realize Jeremy was still playing. I knew he had had a cup of tea, but that cup of tea never ended. And it's crazy, like... The dude's been playing pro for 10 years, and like he's regarded as a very reputable overseas player. Like, Good on him, dude. I saw that, and I smiled. I was like, I got to ask Taylor about this. It's really cool to see a colonel not only play pro, but have a wonderful professional career. Yeah, man. Jeremy Smith is, uh, you know, still, I still keep up with him, man. A, a, a good long-distance friend. I'll, you know, whether he's in Australia or Vietnam or wherever he is, you know, every once in a while he'll – He'll share a highlight film of him dunking on someone, and I'll, man, I'll like it and comment, man, that was awesome. I'll share it, and, you know, we go back and forth a little bit. Thanks for the love. Keep it up, blah, blah, blah. He's, he is way beyond the, uh, the cup of tea, man. That dude has been doing keg stands for 10 years. He is, <laughs> he's, he's dominating everywhere he goes. He is a well-known international player. Um, I mean, as much as I'd love to see, I don't think he'll get to the NBA, but the dude has made an amazing career. You know, anybody close to that level, anyone anyone listening who, you know, college-level player or has the, the aspirations to get there, um, the NBA is not the only way to make money with a basketball in your hand. And Jeremy Smith is a great example of it. He has made a full-on career out of just – different countries he's got a he's obviously got a good head on his shoulders he's got a good agent in his pocket um guiding him in the right directions and what he bring what he brings to the floor what he brings to the locker room he's uh he's made a hell of a living so far between vietnam iceland australia he, he's all over the map and he's a well-known guy on the other side of the world as far as uh, professional basketball goes so good on him and you know, I don't know how long he's got left. I'm sure I'll find out soon enough. Um, but you know, I, I hope he keeps going, man. He's uh, he's a special player and and a pretty awesome human being as well. Yeah, for sure, man. I and, and great uh, sentiment on him. I agree 100. Um, percent The Saints are playing Tampa on Sunday. Uh, we don't know if Derek Carr is or isn't going to play. I would lean towards saying it's probably going to be Jameis Winston under center. So my first question to you is, um, can the Saints win with Jameis Winston under center? His boy has been kind of a disaster when he's been out there at times. 
And then second, are you concerned about the team's ability to protect Derek Carr for the rest of the year? Because, man, he's just been getting his butt kicked out there. They're sacking him over and over and over. Like, their offensive line is terrible, man. Yeah, I, um, I'm very concerned at their ability to protect him when he comes back. I, I've lost a lot of confidence in that offensive line over these last few games. Now, I mean, we've seen examples, clutch time, when they need to block, when he needs those five seconds, they come through. But, man, it's just so 50-50 on every other play. It's, it's scary. But what I will say about this week, if I'm the Saints, <clears throat> you're playing at home. you got the rival Buccaneers coming in. you got one of the most hated players in the NFL, especially in Saints fandom, and Mike Evans coming in. <laughs> You've got Jameis Winston's former team. Dude. Starting Monday when they start game planning this past week, if, if it's me, if I'm calling the shots, it's all about Jameis Winston this week, if, if only just for the motivational factor. You hand him the keys. You let him – you don't restrict him. You let him drive the Lambo like a Lambo, not like a Toyota Camry, and you let him roll. You, you let him go all out, and I think he's going to win this game for you. Now, can he sustain it? Can he do it again next week? Maybe cars better by next week, but one win at a time, one week at a time, keep winning the small battles. I don't think about two weeks from now, three weeks from now, Super Bowl, I think about right now, Buccaneers, Jameis Winston is your best chance to win. After that, then we start talking about Carr and his shoulder. But right now, if they've done the right thing, like I think they have, all week, I think – Jameis looks the best he's ever looked Sunday at 12 o'clock in the dome. Oh, my goodness. The thought of Jameis Winston playing well, it's been such a long time since we've seen that. <laughs> so we're curious to see if you're right about that. Look, let's talk some WWE. The big WWE news um, of the week was they signed Jade Cargill, who is a uh, women's performer out of AEW. She had had a Goldberg-like winning streak where she was just crushing and, and destroying everyone. If you see pictures of her on an 8x10, she is ripped to shreds. She looks amazing. And the thing that leads me to believe that they're going to make an absolute star out of her is that WWE usually doesn't announce, hey, we've signed someone. They usually kind of keep it quiet, make it a secret. No, on all of their social media, they said, hey, we signed Jade Cargill. Here's her at the Performance Center. And, like, you're not doing that unless if you have ambitions on her being your women's champion someday. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um you know, one of the things that WWE has always done, I feel, the best over the years was the element of surprise. Even with Internet and articles and rumors and no secret is really a secret, they still manage to get that pop from the crowd, get that shock from the crowd when someone new arrives. Um, the fact that they're not even waiting and they're just puffing their chest out now and flexing their muscles like, hey, we got Jade Cargill. Y'all better get ready. Y'all better buckle up. That's uh, just like you said, man. That tells me they've got huge plans from the get-go. She's coming to dominate. She's coming to be a force to be reckoned with. She will be super entertaining, and I, I feel like with 
the way they do business, their company, they're going to get the absolute best out of her. And uh, I don't think they're going to blow this one like they have with other superstars in the past. Uh, I think uh, think this is going to be special for them. The rumor mill has continued to churn. WWE is going to Australia for a premium live event coming up in the next couple of months. And there's a lot of people in the industry who say that Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be competing and will be in action at that show. I don't know if we're going to get Roman and Rock at that show or if we're going to get Rock in a tune-up match or whatever. But, boy, his name's starting to come up in wrestling a whole lot. The rumor is he's going to be competing at a, at a PLE out in Sydney, Australia. And I have to think that's probably just to knock off a little bit of rust or whatever heading into what I think is going to either be a Royal Rumble or WrestleMania match with Roman Reigns. Yep, I could very well see that happening exactly as you described. Uh, a nice tune-up. Uh, I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be a squash match. I don't think it'll be something like you know him beating Grayson Waller or L.A. Knight in two minutes and dominating and just getting all his moves in and then entertaining the crowd. I think it'll be a very valuable match with some sort of meaning. I think it'll be, you know, some sort of tag team, whether it be a two-on-two or a three-on-three, whatever it is, something to where other people can carry him if need be, you know, which is a very weird thing to say about him, but the the dude's 50-something years old. I mean, it's just reality at this point. You know, if... If he needs that rest, if he needs to lean on those ropes, if he needs to lean on other people to help while he's getting back in a ring shape, while he's knocking the rust off, as you said, um, I think the best thing to do is just just for mental preparedness, do it in front of a big crowd. Don't do it in a house show. Don't do it in something small. Don't do it on a random SmackDown. Get the... Uh, Get the butterflies out of the way in a huge arena in a, at an international location, and then the physical part, just get get it done in a tag team to where he doesn't have to be fully contributing the entire time. He just goes in, he does what he needs to do, he gets out. He goes back in, he does what he needs to do, he gets out. He gets his rest, he gets his feet under him. Uh, I hope we're right. I think we will be, and I, I think that's the best situation to get him back into it. So the other rumor and innuendo is that, that Punk is going to be coming back, and then there's already been people speculating, why. Right, well, at WrestleMania, it might be Punk against Stone Cold Steve Austin. So let me ask you this. Would, if, if you were to book the next WrestleMania and you were to get Punk and Austin and also Rock versus Roman, which one of those two matches would you be most excited about? Ooh. If we hadn't have got Austin versus Owens just two years ago, then I'd say that's the one. But after seeing Austin's ring rust, Austin's lack of speed and explosiveness, I'm definitely going to rock and roll for this one. Um, I think what he did, he did the best he could for his age. A couple years ago at WrestleMania in Dallas, it was phenomenal. But... It was almost sad and disappointing just because reality has set in. Um, I think Rock's in better shape than him, and I think Roman will do a better job of carrying Rock than Kevin Owens did of carrying Austin. So, as excited as I would be, you know, I would hope 
you know, Punk versus Austin closes out Saturday and Rock versus Roman closes out Sunday, I, I think that would be perfect. I would, uh, at the end of the day, I think I'd be slightly more excited about Rock and Roman. Mm, that's very interesting. And I, I tend to agree. I, I would be excited about both, but I'd be more excited about the, the Rock and Roman. Before we let you go, uh, give us some score picks for the Saints and for LSU this weekend, man. I know you already said the Tigers are going to win and the Saints are going to win. Give us a score. Uh, Tigers 34, Ole Miss 24, and Saints 21, Bucks 18. Okay, sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend, man. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Uh, it's fun as always, uh, and go Tarps, and God bless America. Thanks, bro. That's thanks, Taylor bro. Griffin doing a great job as always. Let's catch a break. When we well, we got a little bit of time. Um, Turtle says the Saints are going to win tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday. Excuse me, easy for me to say. But he also said Jameis Winston's going to play great. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Great. Look, here's the thing, man. He has a five thousand yard season, but in that season he threw thirty interceptions. <laughs> but, and look, I, and again. It really – okay, it matters who the quarterback is, but you still have that offensive line in front of them. That's bad. So I, they're going to they're gonna have to run the ball. How? I don't know because they are not protecting the quarterback at all. How much does Alvin Kamara being back help? Because we a talked lot. about it. You, you think a lot. Yeah, we talked yesterday. Jamal Williams wasn't doing anything because he didn't really have any room to do anything. But Kamara, I think, is just a little more versatile and can shake guys and make them miss. And I think he's more adept at making something out of nothing. And out the backfield, maybe throw him a little pass. He can make the first guy miss, pick up extra yardage. So I think it's going to help out a lot. Yeah. Especially the offensive line is not playing well. These little short passes, use that as a run. He says LSU 34 to 24. To me, that's about right, I think. I would be thrilled if LSU gave up 24 points. And I'll go so far as to say if LSU gives up 24 points, I think they're going to win via blowout. I think that they're going to score in the 40s tomorrow. Um, But the defense worries me a little bit, man. You get Omar Spades back. He's supposedly an all-conference level linebacker, but – Mason Smith was supposed to be an all-conference level defensive tackle, oh, well, and that's true. we haven't seen anything there. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see. It's certainly an interesting weekend of football. We're looking forward to the Tarpons and the Bulldogs tonight as well. That'll be 6.30, live from Letcher, uh, 7 o'clock kickoff. want to remind everyone out there, if uh, you miss a play-by-play broadcast or if uh, you want to go back and see some highlights of the South LaFouche games, you can go on our website at www.kleb1600.com. And if you go under play-by-play, I think you go to on-air and play-by-play, you can find all of the uh, past episodes from this past week for sure. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have some clips that you can go by, uh, back and hear Casey's call on the highlights from each of the games. A lot of people have been very – enthused by us posting the shows again um look it was a combination of a couple of things a for a while i wasn't in the studio b the shows when i wasn't in the studio sounded like crap (laughs) but i sounded like crap c we didn't know how to do it uh so i taught the thought 
Todd Coach and, and Truck out upload them. We should be ready to rock and roll now. Every day we should have the episodes and the highlights, like Coach said. And uh, it gives you guys the ability. Like a lot of people aren't free from 1130 to 1. You could listen at any time. You could listen at night. You could listen whenever. Whenever you want. Man, we're going to try uh, in the future, I believe, put the complete games on there also. Wonderful. Wonderful. Let's catch a break when we get back. Time to get in some trouble. We've got Damien St. Pierre who will be lined up. He'll be joining us in the next segment. We'll talk about all sorts of stuff with Damien. We'll be right back. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufreenlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVEC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon. Our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We go to the phone lines and we have Damien St. Pierre on the line. Damien, before we get into any of this stuff, um, Uh Let me ask you, like, do you have any experience like working a radio board or, or <laughs> board op? And because the dude that we got now is very close to losing his position. Um, I mean, I took I just took a beating over that commercial break for no good reason. So, like, would you be interested from eleven thirty to one come and work the board? Like, can you do that? So, look, I had a really really long week this week, and uh, my, my Friday looked to be clear. And I had a meeting that got canceled. If that meeting wasn't canceled, I was going to surprise you guys in the studio. So I could have started training, doing some on-the-job training. Yeah, dude. Look, anytime you're free, you're more than welcome. Um, Well, you don't need to train to take shots at Casey. (laughs) (laughs) Look, dude. Look. Training for years. (laughs) But no, but look, look. Here's the thing, bro. You, Brian knows this. In LaRose, you and I are a tag team, and we're an invincible tag team. Brian knows this. He's lost to us many a times at many a different games and. In the in the LaRose territory, Damian and I are united. We would be taking shots at you, sir. Yeah, and change the rules as the game goes on. Make up your own rules. I, I, I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> you hear him in about my God. Yeah, here we go. You right. got to change. People got to change the rules against us just to be able to compete. Thank you. 
Um, All right, time for commercial. The one thing that I would like to bring up first is that Dennis Allen's team blew a 17-point lead last week. It was a brilliant piece of coaching from a guy with a winning percentage of 28. Um, New Orleans loses to Green Bay. They got their quarterback hurt. Now they're taking on uh, Tampa on Sunday. To me, this is a lose-lose game as either the Saints win or Tommy Bottos happy, and neither one of those things make me all that happy, to be honest with you. What do you think of the Saints and the Bucks, man? I really enjoyed the fourth quarter of that game on Sunday. I can tell you that. I was probably the most hated person at that cutoff you said a fair. But at the same time, I was, I was definitely enjoying that much. Uh, and being able to gloat a little bit coming on the radio today so that we uh, both of us, I believe, nailed that prediction last week. It was a little a little strange to start off, but, uh, uh, you know, truth, the truth prevails. Um, so this weekend, I mean, look, I reluctantly ended up with Joe Burrow as my fantasy quarterback. And it's gotten to the point so bad. I want to start Jameis Winston just like Dennis Allen. We pretty much have the same fantasy football winning percentage as he does on the sideline as an NFL coach. Not very good for either of us. But um, it, it's an interesting game to watch. Obviously, you know, people watch the, the hometown team, and I'm, I'm guilty of doing that as well. You got Baker Mayfield against Jameis Winston. I don't know if there would be more interceptions than completions. Uh, it, you know, that, that's a possibility. I don't know if that's ever been done in the history of professional football, but that's a, a, a distinct possibility that may happen. Um, I think this, I think the Saints kind of right the ship this week a little bit. Uh, I think they're going to be, they're going to play a little, a uh, little angry after what happened. And I'm actually going to take them to win. I, di- I didn't get to see the Vegas odds, but, um, you know, James is, James is going to throw some 50 50 balls and we got our receiving course, probably the strength of, of obviously the strength of the office, but getting, you know, Kamara back, that'll, that'll help. Tremendously as well. I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I'm going to go with the Saints by one score. LSU taking on Ole Miss. LSU's a hard cookie to crumble, man, because some weeks they look really good. They blew out Mississippi State, looked great on defense. Then they were the old LSU defense again Saturday against Arkansas, giving up big plays and busted coverages and not being able to tackle the quarterback when they had him wrapped up. Now you're on the road. You're facing Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. You're a slight favorite in the game. I think LSU's going to win. I think they'll play well. Getting Omar Spades back should help the defense a little bit. But boy, I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous that this one might be a shootout um, where both teams are kind of having their way. How do you grade the Tigers coming into this matchup Saturday? I feel a little, I'm confident. I'm probably overconfident. Coach Collier made a great point earlier. I got a chance to listen about it. Lane Kiffin good for two drives. That, that, was, a, that was a great point. So not, I'm not, not, uh, not going all the shots with you today, Coach. Um, I remember sitting in in, uh, in Tiger Stadium last year, and it looked like Ole Miss was about to just run away with it, and LSU came storming back and scored, I think, with 38, 45 unanswered points or whatever that was. I don't know why I, I have this confidence, but I just feel like we're we're obviously the offense is gonna is gonna take care of business. It seems like they're we gotta catch the ball. I know last week uh, I was kind of watching with the sound off, being I, I was working the youth center fair and. We gotta catch the ball. It, it seems like it's been a, an issue since since the start of the season, or almost the A and M game last year. Coming in here, we got guys getting hit in the face mask with the football. It's almost like uh, necessary roughness of the movie with with Paul Blake at quarterback hitting the guy straight in the face mask. The only way that they're gonna catch it. Um, and I know we got a couple couple pass interference calls that that probably should have went our way that didn't. But uh, offensively, I think we're we're good. The defense, I believe, is starting to come around. I know we had a last coverage. Um, you know, with that long tight end pass last week when KJ Jefferson got out of the pocket, um, I'm not a big Jackson Dart fan. I, I don't think he's he's very good, um, but I think the first two or three possessions would be heavily scripted, and Lane Kiffin will 
probably dial some good stuff up. It's gonna it's gonna come down to who can get the most stops. And I, I don't trust that Ole Miss defense at all. Uh, the two lane backup quarterback pretty much. <clears throat> I, I'm taking Jaden Day. Yeah, it sounds like a winner. D, D, you're starting to cut out a little bit. Dude. Can you say something real quick? Hey, I'm sorry about that. Okay, yeah, we got you back. We got you back. Um, J- Jaden Daniels on the season, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. He leads the SEC in passing yardage. I mentioned it earlier in the week. Like The fan base could say whatever they want to say. The fan base is wrong. The guy's an elite quarterback. He's completing 70% of his passes. He's standing in the pocket now, making the tough throws down the field. He completed a bunch of deep ones against Arkansas. Like, I'm tired of hearing it every Saturday. Oh, bro, putting us in. Oh, bro, we need to get... No, Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback, not only on this team, but I think he's the best quarterback in the entire SEC. Uh, and the stats are there to prove it. Um, Jackson Dart, as much as I don't care for him, I think he has comparable stats there as well. As far as the, the, the length of their completions, they're both over 10 yards, which is ideal what you're looking for. That's what's scary to me, playing, that, uh, playing against that LSU secondary. Um, but again, I, I don't... It's not concerning to me. I think LSU is going to take this one. Jaden Daniels, he can't go catch the he can't catch the pass for him, and that's the point that that we're that we're getting to. Look, man, Tarpon football is playing well. They're three and one on the season. They're heading to Lutcher tonight. Uh, we talked about this last week. Just how cool it is to hear, you know, hey, Landon Dordor and Terrence Petrie, and you know all the different kids that we've seen grow up. But, man, now it's not like this cozy, comfy uh, little story anymore. This is a good football team. They're 3-1 and one now. They're going to take on a state champion tonight. It's going to be really tough. But those Tarpons, despite their youth, they've gotten a whole lot better. Man, that's a good little team. Yeah, and they're fun to watch, and they're getting it together, and they're young. They're, they're piecing it together now. The future, you know, the future, uh, he's got, got to be really bright for, the, for those guys. It looks like they're having a blast out there. That's one thing I noticed last week. Um, coaching staff included, looks like they're all having fun, and, and that's that's half the battle. Tonight is going to be, you know, Lutcher's this big this big giant that everybody knows, and um, you got to get through this game. Um, you got to compete. You have to compete, and you got to make sure that we're competing through the fourth quarter, no matter what the score is. Uh, sitting in, a, in, you know, unfortunately, I've been on the on the, the wrong side of a couple beatdowns, and last year specifically for basketball, credit to that racing team. Uh, they they took our soul for about two weeks. They beat us. They they just mall dragged us. And I thought we competed for three three quarters, three and a half quarters. And I, I learned something there. You got to compete for that four quarters. You got to get that buy in. And if they could get out of that, they could get out of the game. You know, obviously uninjured and not writing them off totally. But it's gonna be it's a, it's gonna be a tall task for sure. Canelo is fighting this weekend against Jermel Charlo. Um, that fight is going to be, let's see where in the country that is. That is going to be taking place in Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. Canelo is one of the biggest names in the sport. He's 59-2-2. Two two. Charlo is 35-1-1. One one. Last time we talked about Canelo, we both kind of mentioned like, yeah, he's still really, really good, but has kind of maybe slowed down a little bit. Like I would have liked to see him stop John Ryder in his last fight. He won via comfortable decision. He fought Triple G in 2022, and it was closer than maybe it should have been. Triple G, I think, is kind of washed up. Now facing Charlo. Uh, how's Canelo going to look this weekend, man? It's all up to him. If he's going to bring that pressure that he that he normally does, like the last couple of fights, it just seems like he, I think so if, he, if he's maybe in the million. I think he'll be fine. I haven't got a chance to look at the at the odds yet, but I'm 
Hoffman. Um, I just don't. Charlo hasn't been on that level as of yet. Yeah. Hey, look, look Damien, we're, we're disconnecting with you a little bit. So, look, what we're going to do is we're going to hang up, take a commercial real quick, and then we're going to call you back, okay? All right. It's perfect. Yep. So, let's go ahead and catch a break. We got a kind of a, a rough signal with Damien there. We'll catch a break. Sorry about that, Coach. We have to load up another one. But we'll, we'll get a better connection with Damien, and then we'll be right back. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVEC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon. Our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Chain says, Go Tarpons! For all your auto repairs for your first call should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop. Located at Highway 3235 in La Rose. They're established since 1997. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop is family owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me, Troy's Paint and Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. All right, we'll try this again. We had kind of a poor connection with Damien. Uh, now will we go back to him. Hey, bro, uh, do we have you now? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rebooted, so I'm hoping, hoping this works. Little old go to Meta on the, the phone server. Thank you. Great, I guess. Yeah, no, we got you now. Um, we were just talking about Canelo. We've already talked a little bit about the Saints. We've already talked a little bit about LSU. Uh, let's talk about Colorado. Because, boy, that bubble bursted big on Saturday. Oregon beats up on them pretty good. Um now they've got USC. I think they could score on USC, and the game will be a little bit more interesting. But I think another blowout is a coming. Um, D, I think we're going to learn something about Coach Prime here in the next month or so because they're going to get it handed to them a lot in the next month or so when they get into conference play. Now I think the challenge is going to be, hey, we know that he's a pretty good coach whenever everything's going well. Can he lead the team after losing three or four or four or five? Will they still get that same effort? We're going to learn a lot about Coach Prime in the next couple of weeks as their schedule gets tough. Hey, Case, I tell you, uh, Oregon released that uh, that pregame video, and man, uh, that, that rubbed me extremely wrong. Uh, them going to talk about, you know, just talk stomping on the O and doing all this stuff, and then you go out and, and lay an egg and play the way you did and get dominated the way you did. You got to tighten some of that stuff up. I mean, you know. Dion talked about when he got in there, I bring my own luggage. Right now, it's not very good. Right now, you get charged for your luggage uh, big time by by Southwest Airlines. Right now, you're paying for it. Um, you know he's got to he's got to round he's got to wrangle those troops up and and try to right the ship. And this USC could play. 
Um, staying up, watching, staying up late, watching them. Their their offense, they're not going to stop them. It's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. It's going to be completely the same as it was in that Oregon game. Uh, defensively, I don't think or I don't think Colorado could stop them one time. Just the way that the way that things looked and. Coaches got a little chip on their shoulder playing them because they know that they're getting a little more spotlight than what they're they're used to, and they know if they beat them and take care of business, that um, you know it'll it'll be it'll be great for that program. And Oregon knows that they're going to have to recruit against Prime, and, and and they took care of business. And anytime that that comes up in recruiting, they'll be able to say, hey, look, you know, we just destroyed that team. Why would you why would you want to go there when you could play uh, at a school like like this? So. A lot, a lot coming up for Prime, and I'm anxious to see how that goes and how his supporters take, um, you know, possibly getting beat up by, by 30 or 40 plus two weeks in a row. Man, um, let's talk a little bit about um, the WWE for a second. They signed Jake Cargill. Uh, Turtle and I were talking about that in the last segment. Usually, WWE brings people in, they sign them, and it's kept under the radar for a secret de- debut. Either they debut at the Royal Rumble as a surprise, or they show up on SmackDown and run in, or whatever it may be. But the fact that they said on social media, hey, we signed her, she's at the Performance Center, here she is, we're so excited. Like They're about ready, I think, to launch her rocket ship to the moon. She was in AEW and was kind of like their Goldberg. She was just kind of squashing everybody. She held their secondary women's championship forever and ever. Then she lost it once they kind of realized and understood that she was going to leave. Um, but, man, uh, I'm not a big women's wrestling guy. You and I talk about that a lot. But I am excited to see what they do with her because they're obviously super excited about the talent that they brought in. Yeah, look, a week ago I couldn't tell you who this was. I, I, I had no idea that this person was a was a professional wrestler to, to begin with. But... Just kind of reading up and reading the hype, it seems like they got her at the performance center just trying to maybe, um, you know, just perfect a few in, uh, deficiencies in, in her, her skill set. But then at the same time, you got a lot of folks in the, in the, in the wrestling dirt sheet industry that's comparing her and her, her hype and her, her potential to China. It, they said that she'll be on that level if depending on, you know, obviously depending on how they ride her in and, and how she performs. But a lot of hype and a lot of comparison to, to legends in the sport already and she's i mean she's got the build i don't know if she could talk i don't know if she could work but she's definitely got the hype train and you don't see that a ton in women's wrestling before they really get to wwe and, and get to that point of being impossible to main main event uh at the main event level that that, that a few of those folks are in so anxious to see i got me excited and i don't normally get excited for for that type of uh you know that not an AEW fan or, or anybody that they bring over normally, but interesting. Damian Lillard gets traded this week to the Milwaukee Bucks, and while reading and, and researching that trade, it reminded me of the fact that the Pelicans have done absolutely nothing this offseason. They have not made a move. They haven't signed anybody. They just kind of made their draft picks and completely ran it back, which is okay, except for the, when you look at the fact that already Trey Murphy is hurt, Jose Alvarado is hurt. Zion Williamson looks to be in good shape now, but how long is that going to last? Like, it's just frustrating, man. They were 42 and 40 last year. I would have loved to see them shake it up a little bit, but it looks like they're they're going with the idea of, hey, when we're healthy, we're good. I just don't know that they're ever going to be healthy, man. I had to laugh. I was reading on social media. The Pelicans released something, uh, Zion season coming or whatever. And the first comment was was our buddy Nick Abair saying, yeah, it'll be great for five games. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, 
it's laughable now because you know what's coming and you know how it is and uh, the fact that they made zero moves and haven't done very much and you know they're gonna I guess gamble on the fact that they're gonna try to stay healthy is is, is disheartening if you're a Pelicans fan because you know that's not happening you got to play that you gotta you gotta make decisions on data sometimes and the data's telling you and everything is trending that's telling you that you need help and that you're not going to stay healthy that for the duration of 82 games. And you have you have to, you got to build that depth a little bit more. I think they've done well in the draft, but you, you got to have that superstar type of player, and you got to have him on the court. And just Zion's not it. And we we poked fun at, at him for the last you know however long he's been here, and he just when he's on the court, he's great. He's a game changer. But now it, it's just it, it's laughable that that he'll finish a season or even play a quarter of a season. The Lions got a big win last night on Thursday Night Football and kind of blew out Green Bay. I know Green, Green Bay got a score late, but it was kind of a garbage-time score. Are you sold on Detroit as a contender, man? Their coach is kind of a psycho, but they've got some good players. They run the ball well, and, you know, they're kind of the talk of the NFL today. Are you sold on Detroit as maybe being a contender? I think they were they were there last year. They, they got to a point last year where, where they were competing in a lot of games, and, uh, yeah, the coach is nuts. So that, that's the reason that I that – I, I guess had a little interest and curiosity in what they were doing. Doesn't seem like they're fantastic in any facet of the game, but it seems like they're good at every level. Which is, if you could be consistent, uh, obviously beating the Chiefs on opening night and uh, and getting that win against Green Bay last night. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I can't remember who jumped in. He did the Lambo leap and he just got doused with beer. I think that was that was pretty neat. Look, I, we don't often talk about baseball, but I know it's not something that that you follow all that closely. But I'm going to ask you a question more about the um, the ethics of something that we saw earlier in the week. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves stole a base in the tenth inning of a tie game to become the first ever MLB player to have 40 home runs and 70 stolen bases. Ronald Acuna then took the base out of the ground, and they had a little ceremony for him, and you know, because he's the first to ever do it. The opposing team, the Chicago Cubs, had a hissy fit because they needed to win the game to make the playoffs. Atlanta didn't. It was a meaningless game. So their idea was, hey, man, like you're you're ruining the integrity of the sport and we're trying to compete for postseason and you're having a party in the 10th inning of a tie game like this ain't right. Brian and I are of the belief of, well, if you didn't want it to happen, throw them out. Uh, what say you? When, when you see people kind of be Karens like this, what are your thoughts? Man, baseball got a lot of babies and a lot of unwritten rules that, that people tend to want to follow. But man, if I'm look, if I'm at that level and I'm breaking records, I would have taken every base out of the out of the park <laughs> and celebrated in there. And and look, the Cubs are probably they're they're angry for a reason. I would have been angry too. It depends on what's if you're on the good side, it's, it's fantastic. And when you're on the downside, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna complain uh, until until I can't can't deal with it anymore. Um, just last year, we had a, a really, really long eighth grade ceremony uh, at our last home game. Coach was kind of complaining. Well, coach went up real big on me, and and he was he was uh, he was gloating. And we came back in the second half, we took care of business. So both ends right there, man. It's, I don't like the unwritten rules in baseball, but at the same time, if you if you're breaking that type of record, man, you gotta you gotta celebrate. Take all the bases out of the out of the bud. I'm with you. That's how I feel about it as well. You mentioned a second ago, man, we're just bouncing all over the place. Um, you mentioned a second ago um, you have Joe Burrow in fantasy and that you're kind of worried about that. Um, he looked a little better on Monday, I guess. But, dude, I, I just don't trust that they'll protect him. 
it's to the point now where I've now seen him play, what, four or five years, however long he's been in the NFL, and they've never had a good offensive line. I go so far as to say I think signing that contract extension with Cincinnati, I think that was a mistake. I think Burrow should have just taken his two franchise tags and then been free because, dude, you know how this works. You grew up around the same time as me. The Bengals are never good. They they got good recently because Joe Burrow came into the building, but they're never going to fully build the right team for him. I wouldn't have even re-signed with the Bengals, man. So, Casey, I got real, real heavy in the sports when I was probably like 10 years old, 9, 10 years old. I was really, really heavy in the sports. And the, the Bengals had made the Super Bowl, I guess, that was the, the against the 49ers when they had uh, Rice and, and Taylor. Taylor, I remember Taylor had that, that long run. And just being a fan after that happened, always the rest of my life, I wonder how did the Cincinnati Bengals get to the Super Bowl? They had they just, I guess, captured lightning in a bottle for, for one season. But I haven't got to watch too, too much of Burrow. I did get to watch him on Monday. It seems like they rushed him back from that calf injury. I can almost, you could almost see him just not be 100% stepping in the throws and just not being comfortable in the pocket. Obviously, he's been running for his life ever since he got drafted. And that's the reason that they didn't win a Super Bowl because they didn't have an offensive line. Um, but it, it seems like that calf is hampering him from moving. It's hampering him from getting everything that he possibly can into some throws, which is throwing everything off. I mean, you got fantasy studs, Chase and Higgins, and you, you almost you almost can't rely on them to play. And it's uh, you know, we talked about him and and, and Allen, and Allen seems to have have shook his uh, his issues, but. Burrow's got some issues. He's got they got to they got to fix that. But you're right. Maybe he shouldn't have taken that that big uh, that big contract. But how are you going to turn that money down? If I'm ever in a position to be able to turn that money down, I'm going to be feeling all right. You are the proud father of two girls. Are your girls Swifties, bro? I got to ask you. But man, the big talk of sports: Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift. Taylor's going to the Chiefs game again Sunday. Uh, are your daughters some Swifties? Are you a Swiftie? What are your thoughts as Taylor Swift has taken over the NFL? Uh, so my oldest one, she's not real, real big into music, but my youngest one, we both Laney Wilson fans. Got a chance to see Laney Wilson at the Garth Brooks concert last month in New Orleans, and uh, we both quickly became big Laney Wilson fans. Uh, not a Swifty personally, but uh, I, I think it's pretty interesting, some of the crossover fans from uh, Swiftville to football and, and, and vice versa. And you got a lot of these football macho men saying, oh, I don't know who Taylor Swift is. But in the back of their mind, they know exactly who that is and probably jamming that on the way to work. Before we let you go, give us a score for the Saints. Give us a score for LSU. I know you said you like the Tigers and the Saints. Give us a score for both. So I think my safe bet of the week is going to be the over in LSU Ole Miss. Was, I think it's sitting at 48 and a half. Um, I'm going to take, take LSU. I, we're going to have to get up there, man. It's going to probably be um, – like 38-28, something along those lines. I think LSU takes care of business there, covers for once. And then on the Saints side, I'm I'm going to go, man, they have an issue scoring. Um, Let's go 21-17 Saints. And last one, is Canelo going to win this weekend? Yes, Canelo will, will take that. Um, hopefully in a, in a more inspiring effort than he has in his last two bouts. But it's definitely take Canelo. Sounds like a winner, Damien. Thanks so much for the time. Go get you some breakfast pizza, brother. Thanks, <laughs> Casey. Yep, that's Damien St. Pierre doing a great job, as oh, always. Uh, we look forward to spending time with him on Fridays. Um, dude, you gave it to me off there for the whole two and a half that's minutes. That's exactly it, off air. The whole two and a half minutes you gave it to me off the air.
I didn't know we were firing shots on air. At the you know, at some point, you like you said one time at one of your basketball banquets to your assistant coaches, hey, y'all could make jokes or whatever, but I'm going last. I had the opportunity to go last there. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> As he turns off my <laughs> microphone. <laughs> um, Damien said the Saints are going to win. I'm a little surprised to hear him say that. He and I are usually the big pessimist. It, yeah, it's surprising, but I just – I think he realizes that Tampa's not the way they started off. I mean, they didn't play anybody, but um, I, I, I agree with him. I, I think the Saints are going to win. So a friend of ours, Tommy Botto, is, is an attorney out in the New Orleans area from here. He is a diehard Baker Mayfield fan. <laughs> Always has been. A, because he likes the way Baker plays. B, because they look exactly alike. Um. Tommy said this week on Twitter, and I thought it was interesting, at 2.30 on Sunday, I'm going to be leaving the Dome because the game's going to be decided in the fourth quarter, and I'm going to be pissed off either way. (laughs) Either Baker Mayfield's going to have looked terrible and New Orleans is going to have put it on Tampa, or Baker Mayfield's going to have thrown for 400 yards and made the Saints look terrible. Either way, it's a lose-lose for for a counselor Bado this week. I just don't think Tampa's going to be able to move it a whole lot. I think that the Saints have always had a good plan to slow down Mike Evans. Um, I don't think they're going to have a great success running. I don't think New Orleans is going to score a whole lot either. But I think that New Orleans is going to win the field position battle because they've got a better return game. And I could see the Saints winning uh, 17-6, to 20-10, to 10, something like that. I could see them winning an ugly game. Oh, you're giving Tampa no credit on offense or the Saints – too much on defense. I just think the Saints at home are going to be much better defensively. I mean, you got you got to do a silent count, which means the defensive ends could time the the snap better. That means you get a little more pressure. And yeah, I think New Orleans is going to is going to control the game on defense. Wow. Um, Detroit. Detroit looked good last night, man. Um, they beat up on Green Bay. Um, does that worry you a little bit? Kind of seeing that, hey, maybe Green Bay is not all that good. Does that worry you a little bit about the Saints, or do you think Detroit is just head and shoulders better than New Orleans and Green Bay both? No, Green Bay is not that good. The Saints should have won that game. I mean, no, Green Bay is not that good, but Detroit's good. But not, I don't think they, at the top, They're not as good as, like, say, Dallas, right? Well, Honestly, no, they're not. <laughs> My man, I was being sarcastic. No, they're not. Um, the Lions are now 3-1. and one. The thing that I like about them is, boy, they, they could run the ball. Last night, Montgomery, three touchdowns, 121 yards. As a team, they got 211 on the ground. Um, I don't know. I just That's not a team I would want to play in a playoff game. Now, they haven't yet made the playoffs under Dan Campbell. <clears throat> but I just think knowing his personality and knowing how hard his guys go for him, I don't want to play them in a single elimination game, bro. They're going to be jacked up. They're, oh, man, that's, that's going to be tough. That would be a tough out if they were able to make it in, and I do think they're going to make it in because I think they're going to win their division. Yeah, I think they'll get in, no doubt. But uh, once they get in, it's a different ball game. They haven't been there before. See how they can respond. But that's a ways off, long way. Long way away. Jordan Jefferson – Said he wants to get traded. Um, he said on social media, man, I want to play with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase again. LOL. Hmm. Yeah, boy. Wouldn't that be? Look, all kidding aside, if the Bengals were able to pull that off, you know how good that offense would yeah. be? 
you don't need an offensive line at that point. There's somebody's going to be open within a second. Of, oh, man, I also saw the Dallas Cowboys are rumored to be in on Justin Jefferson. Wouldn't that be something? C.D. Lamb and Jefferson being overthrown and underthrown by Dak Prescott all game? Wouldn't that be something? Cowboys have problems in their locker room, I believe. Yeah, what makes you think that? Just their reaction on the sideline when they were getting whooped. You know who has problems? Chandler Jones of the Raiders has problems. Just one day after making a video on social media where he was acting like a psycho, frankly, was crying in the video and saying that Aaron Hernandez didn't kill himself in jail and making all sorts of outlandish claims. And earlier in the week said he was taken to a mental hospital against his will and was injected with medicine against his will. (laughs) He was arrested today in Las Vegas. Um, Domestic violence, temporary protective order. So that's that you don't like seeing stuff like that. The dude's obviously got something wrong with him mentally right now. Um, And he's a good football player, but I don't think we're going to be seeing him for a while, unfortunately. But, you said my Cowboys got some issues in the locker room. Um, I'll tell you when it started, but you're not wrong. I- I'll tell you exactly when it started. <clears throat> Man, I don't think you were here for the show that I that I talked about this. Um, in training camp, they intercepted Dak Prescott. Uh, Diggs, the guy who's out for the season, intercepted Dak Prescott, and they went and they the the coaches blew the whistle dead. <clears throat> but the the defensive back digs and the whole defense still ran all the way down the field and took it for a pick six. Prescott took exception to that. The offense took exception to that. They had a little pushing and shoving match. Trevon Diggs called his quarterback the word that we use to call a female dog. Hmm. And I at the time said they don't trust him as their leader. Cam Jordan would have never said that to Drew Brees. Um, no one on the Chiefs' defense would say that to Patrick Mahomes. No one on the old Green Bay team would say that to Aaron Rodgers. Or if they would, the whole rest of the team would be fighting that person. I take you back also. A game earlier this season, it was a game the Cowboys won. Beat the Giants, 40 nothing. Prescott gets hit out of bounds late, kind of a cheap shot. Got a 15-yard penalty. No one defended him. Usually, offensive linemen's coming in, they're fighting, and you hit my quarterback, I'm taking you out. I don't think they trust Dak. And when you read between the lines, why would you make a trade for Trey Lance, a 23- or 22-year-old quarterback who was once a top-level pick? Prescott's 30 years old. He could, if he continues to play at a fairly high level, he could be your starter for the next 10 years. Why would you trade for Trey Lance if you were sold on the guy that you got starting? I think they're not. I think they're not sold. And I think that when you mention locker room problems, I think it all centers around at the end of the day, the team thinks we're good enough roster-wise to win the Super Bowl if our quarterback were at our level. <clears throat> That's what I believe. And, and if they win, they can maybe fight through some of these things. But look, if your Cowboys take another loss or two coming up, let's say in the next two, three weeks, and let's say four weeks, if they lose two uh, of the next four, 
That'll give them three losses on the season already. Uh, and they have a brutal schedule, by the way. So, so it is go- it is very feasible that what you're saying is going to be right. New England Sunday. New England's not very good, but here's what New England's going to do. They're going to confuse you. They're going to they're going to not let you score easily. Then you're at San Francisco at Chargers. That's yeah, tough. Yep. Then you got to buy. Then you're home against the Rams, and then at Philly. Like they're about ready to approach a very difficult portion of their schedule. I think they'll beat New England Sunday. I do. Um, and I wouldn't even rule out that they can maybe beat San Francisco or the Chargers. But to your point, if they don't stop the snow from falling down the hill now, it could be an avalanche by the time they get to their bye. And then you're going to start hearing, okay, well, McCarthy's on the hot seat. Coach Prime is going to be the next coach. Or you know they're going to trade with Denver to get Sean Payton. And like you're going to hear all the crap that, that you hear every year. And I don't think it's going to be good. I think Sunday's a huge game for them. They've got to bounce back after not showing up against Arizona. I really believe yeah, that. Yeah, they do. I agree with you. They do because if not, it can go south quick. Yeah. Let's catch our final break. When we get back, I'll give you our weekend predictions. 90% of them will be right, but you're only here on Monday. The 10% that were wrong, we've learned that. It's yes. play-by-play. <laughs> play play. We'll be right back after this. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackets. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Three T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive-through. No appointment necessary. Three T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call seven nine eight seven four zero one. Proud supporter of South Lafourche Sports. Three T Oil Change says, "Go Tarpons." Coming to Grand Isle? Stop by and see us at your one-stop shop, Bridgeside Marina. We have fuel, ice, bait, and whatever you need to have a great day on the water. Family-owned and operated, Bridgeside is a full-service facility located at the foot of the Grand Isle Bridge. Fuel docks, fishing piers, cleaning stations, rooms and cabins, deli and more. Bridgeside Marina in Grand Isle, Louisiana, 985-787-2419. Hi. My name is Daniel Lorraine, candidate for re-election for Lafouche Parish Councilman District 9. I'm presently retired and have the knowledge, the experience, and the desire to keep serving the people of South Lafouche. Let me continue to be the voice of South Lafouche. On October the 14th, I would appreciate your vote and support. Number 82, God bless, paid for by the Daniel Lorraine Campaign Fund. No, 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 not yet. Oh, how dare you! Oh, oh, you, man. 
I was getting you to buy yourself singing and you stopped. Yeah, because I don't want them to hear exclusive me singing. No one wants to hear that. It's play-by-play. We're wrapping oh. up. I've got some weekend predictions. The first one is the Bills are going to beat the Miami Dolphins. Showtime and playtime is over for Tua. You're going to the land of the broken tables. Buffalo's going to get a win over Miami on Sunday. Um, Sean Payton, first ever career victory with the Denver Broncos. NFL teams that get embarrassed usually play well the next week. Denver's going to play well. They're going to win on the road against Chicago. Um, Burrow and company are going to get a win against Tennessee this weekend. They're on the road. I think that Burrow (coughs) is starting to find his form a little bit. Give me Cincinnati. I ain't picking the Cowboys game. I know what I think is going to happen, but I ain't saying it on the air. Um... (laughs) I think that the Chiefs are going to blow out the Jets on Sunday, and I think they're going to be showing a whole lot of Taylor Swift. I think the Jets are starting to give up. I think the Jets are starting to quit. They, they don't believe in Zach Wilson. Their defense is going to start suffering as a result. Give me the Chiefs big. How many times do you show her? At least a dozen. At least yeah. a dozen. <laughs> uh, USC blows out Colorado this week, and Colorado's not going to get any stops. Caleb Williams and the crew, they're going to run wild. Kentucky over Florida this weekend. I like the Wildcats to beat the Gators. It's a home game for Kentucky. I think that Florida has has kind of played that one good game against Tennessee. That's all they got. Don't be surprised. I'm not picking Nebraska to win. But don't be surprised if we're sitting in the fourth quarter of Nebraska and Michigan and that game's closer than what people think. Matt Rule is the coach of Nebraska. I think that they're going to play close. I think that they're going to contend, and I think at home they're going to give a spirited effort. Jaden Daniels tomorrow is going to throw for 394 yards, and LSU is going to beat Ole Miss in a shutout. Uh, Not a shutout, excuse me, a shootout. Lots of offense both ways. I think LSU has the ball last. 45-38 to type game. Daniels goes crazy and starts a potential run at the Heisman Trophy tomorrow. Daniels has a big day. I think LSU is going to have a good one. Uh, Let's see. Notre Dame is going to blast Duke this weekend. Duke, I don't think, is for real. They had a win over Clemson. They've just been kind of limping around since then. I think Notre Dame gets a win there in that one. Alabama is going to get back on track this weekend. They're going to run the football. They're going to stay ahead of the chains. They're going to limit Milrose turnovers. The game starts at 8. By 8.15, the Cowbells are going to be quiet. I think Alabama's going to get a big old win against Mississippi State this weekend and kind of start building some momentum. Alabama, I think, is going to gradually get better and better and better on offense as the year goes on. And I think the rest of the SEC had better knock them out of playoff contention now. The rest of the SEC had better give them their second loss now because by the time we get to November... I don't know that that's going to be a possibility anymore because their defense is really good. If their offense gets makes some strides, that could be a dangerous team by the end of the year. I think they're going to blow out Mississippi State tomorrow. What are your thoughts about that? I hope you're right, first of all, but I don't know. I hope I'm what, not. What, what you blow out? How many? Three touchdowns three, at least. Uh, oh, man, in years past, I would say yes. This year, it might be a little closer than that. Tulane's going to blow out UAB tomorrow. Um, UAB's actually pretty well coached. Do you know who UAB's head coach is? Uh, the quarterback used to NFL. Yep, Dilfer. Dilfer. Yep. You, uh, I think Tulane's going to have their way with them tomorrow. High school tonight. Sal Terrebonne gets their first win of the year. Terrebonne rolls. 
um, over Central Lafouche. Um, E.D. White over Thibodeau, but not as big as people think. I think Thibodeau can maybe play with them for a little while. They got that big defensive line, maybe slow down the run. Um, I'm going to do a Herb Street. I ain't picking the game that I'm calling. Sorry, y'all. Um, I think our smaller schools are going to fare well tonight. I think Homer Christian's going to get a win. I think CCA is going to go on the road and beat an undefeated Hanson Memorial. St. Charles Catholic is going to probably beat Vanderbilt tonight. I'll give that that as a prediction. What about Central? Who do you have? Terrebonne's going to blast Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Terrebonne's going to put it on them pretty good, unfortunately, for them. Um, So those are some high school predictions that I got. Um, Then another prediction that I got is uh, I think we're going to have a Colonel's victory this weekend. I think Nichols is going to go on the road, play McNeese. I think they're going to. I think they're going to get their first one. What time's kickoff? You have an idea on that one? Well, I could sure tell you in just a second. Let's see. We've got – we go to the ESPNs, and we hit the Southland, and we could tell you that Nichols is playing McNeese at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. <clears throat> so, by that time, I will be so frustrated with LSU's defense that I might uh, tune in and catch some of it on ESPN+, Plus out at Lake Charles. Tonight, we are going to Lutcher, 6.30, pregame. Kickoff at 7 o'clock. The Tarpons are taking on Lutcher. That wraps up this week of play-by-play. We'll be back Monday. We also have the Sports Corner tomorrow from 10 to 12. Thanks to Coach Kale. Thanks to Damian. Thanks to Turtle. Thanks to Chandler Guitros. Have a wonderful weekend. Love you guys. Take care.